0: Our Easter story this morning comes from Luke's version of the gospel. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. This is found on page 860 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along with me. But before I read that, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God. We come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Luke chapter 24, beginning with the first verse. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up, ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Not long after I got married, I had to adopt a new holiday tradition just a few weeks before Christmas. That's what happens when you get married. You have to adopt the holiday traditions of your spouse. We started to make caramel candies for all the people in our family. I'm not much of a baker, and so this was a daunting task for me, but it was a tradition, and so we started to do it. It was a tradition that was actually started by Julianne's grandmother, Ruth. She started doing that many years ago. It was a gift that she always loved to give her family during Christmas time. She would go into the kitchen and put on her apron, her Christmas apron, and her husband, Jack, would sit in the corner and cut little wax paper squares so that he could wrap up each of the candies when they were ready. She would mix and, and measure all the different ingredients so that she could make these wonderful tasting Caramel candies, and so at some point Ruth was no longer able to do that, and so Julianne and I took on the task. We try to do all the things that they did, and sometimes when we're sitting in our kitchen, I kind of imagine Jack and Ruth. There with us, sitting there making that candy, thinking about Christmases gone by, remembering uh, Ruth as, as she meticulously measured out all of the ingredients, remembering Jack's dimples in his face as he was smiling, cutting those wax paper pieces for his wife. When she was no longer able to make those things, we would take the caramels to Ruth so she could taste test them just to make sure we got the recipe right. She was always so generous. She would say, oh, that's the the best batch yet. You all have done it just right. Well, as some of you know, last fall, uh, Ruth passed away. We lost our taste tester and it was sad for both of us. I was actually, remember the day I was out at Dogwood Acres at a presbytery meeting and I got a a text from my wife that simply said, Grandma has passed away. And then she wrote these words, is, became, was. I knew what she meant because she had said those words one time earlier at her grandfather's passing. Jack, we had actually been in the hospital room when he took his last breath. We had gotten there just in time and we were sitting there watching him as he was laboring to breathe and finally in that moment, he took one last big breath and you could see just the jolt in Julianne's face. She realized this person who was there with her was now gone somewhere else and that moment is became was just like that time was so fleeting and frail we realize how quickly death can change things and I know all of us have experienced that in one way or another we experience that with every single second every single second that goes by we can't get it back it is becomes was just like that there are moments when it happens not just because of death, but when we make changes in our lives. Anytime we get a new job and, and leave our coworkers behind. Anytime we move to a new city. Anytime we have some sort of change in our life. There might be new good things that come with that, but there's also a past. Is becomes was, and there are parts that we can never get back again. And it's sad. Sad to have to say goodbye to those things that are long since gone. I have to imagine when Mary Magdalene was going to the tomb on Easter morning, those were the things that were going through her mind. How dramatically and how quickly life can change just like that is becomes was before you know it. She was carrying those spices to the tomb and she was probably trying to block out of her mind all the things that had happened on Good Friday. She was trying to think about this person that she knew so well, this teacher named Jesus. Maybe she was thinking about the smile on his face, the curls in his hair. Maybe she was thinking about the sermons that he had preached, or maybe the miracles that he had done, all the wonderful things that she loved so much about him that were now gone. Not only was he gone, but the dream that he brought with him was gone too. All those disciples who followed Jesus as their teacher, they had big dreams about what Jesus was going to bring to the world. They said things like, Jesus is going to overthrow the Romans. Jesus is going to restore Jerusalem. Jesus is going to change things. Or at least He was. He was until Good Friday. Everything changed on Good Friday. Not only did a person die, but a dream seem to die with it. That happens to us when people pass away in our lives. It's not just that a person dies, but a part of us dies as well. I had a member of my last church, a woman named Mary, coincidentally. We were in a, a grief group together and she joined our grief group because her husband had recently passed away. They had just retired and right after retirement, suddenly cancer came upon him and he passed away. She was so sad, not only because she lost her husband, but she said, Brad, I've lost so much more. I've lost all the dreams that we had of what we were going to do once we retired. We had big plans. We were going to go travel around the world. We were going to spend more time with our grandkids. We were going to do more things for other people now that we had the time and the space. And just like that, is became was. Those dreams were gone. A person had died, but so much more had died with it. I have to believe that that's what was going on in Mary Magdalene's heart when she walked to the tomb that morning. And that's why I can understand how terrified she was when the tomb was empty, when the stone was rolled away, the way that she understood the world to work, moving from life. Her death had suddenly changed. See, she looked into the tomb. She saw that it was empty. And then these two strangers stood beside her and said, Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? She had not been looking for the living. She was looking for someone who was dead. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And just like that, was, became, is. All of those things that had died were back to life. All of those dreams of the kingdom come were once again. I can imagine how terrified she was when she realized that was, was now is. But that's the story of the gospel. That's the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a Lord of second chances. Jesus Christ was a Lord of turning was into is every single day. There's stories throughout the Gospel of Jesus walking into a city called Nain and He was following behind a funeral procession. A mother who was crying because her child had died. And out of compassion for her, He just walked up and touched the funeral pyre. And just like that, was, became, is, this young man came back to life again. In spite of everything that she learned about how the world works, this young man came back to life again and embraced his mother. Or when Jairus, that leader of the synagogue, he had that daughter who had died. He didn't know where else to go, but he had heard about this guy named Jesus and so asked for his help. And Jesus went and visited this little girl and said, little girl, get up. And just like that, was, became is. Death turned into life. Or even His friend Lazarus. Mary and Martha had called to Jesus and said, your friend Lazarus is dying here. You need to come. But Jesus waited three more days for some strange reason. And when He got there, Lazarus was dead. But after crying His own tears, He called out to the tomb, Lazarus, come out! And just like that, was became is. Death turned into life. We don't experience those kind of dramatic reversals in our lives anymore, and yet I think those miracles still happen around us every day. The closest thing I've experienced to that was a heart transplant and a lung transplant that I got to see when I was in the hospital. It was actually a a friend of mine, a member of my previous church, who needed a lung transplant so badly. He had been on the list for for many weeks, and finally the call had come that he had this opportunity at New Life. He came to the hospital and received a transplant of one lung. And and, and unbeknownst to him, just a few doors down from him, another man received another lung from the exact same donor. And then on another floor, another person received a heart from the exact same donor. They were amazed at this gift of life this one person had given them. But the real amazement came in a break of protocol. The widow of that donor came to the hospital to see the people who had received these three gifts of life. And these two men who were now living because of this wonderful gift came up to the woman and embraced her and thanked her. And she could hear them breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. And she said... It's almost like he's alive again. And they responded, Well, we're alive because of him. Those miracles happen around us every single day, but I dare say we take those kind of things for granted because we still think we live in a Good Friday world. Candace Brooks said this at our sunrise service this morning. She said sunrise, sometimes even though we're Christians, we still seem to prefer Good Friday to Easter Sunday. We still seem to think of our limitedness, our brokenness, and that's the way the world works, and there's nothing that can be done about it. We still live in a world where we're governed by the limited nature of our being, and so we look at this world and think, i got to get all I can while the getting's good i got to conquer my neighbor. i got to overcome those people around me. I've got to try to do what I can with the time I have. Not realizing that life, true life, comes from giving. That life, true life is not governed by death, but that death has been defeated and there is life to come. That angels, Those angels ask Mary Magdalene, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? That's because she was looking for the dead. That's a good question for us. Are we still out in the world looking at the things in life that cause us death and destruction? Are we still letting our lives being governed by the things, the selfishness, the hatred that tears us apart? Are we looking for the living in the world around us? As Easter people, we have to believe that Christ is on the move, that Christ is alive right now. That's why we don't say Christ was risen. We say Christ is risen. It's just a change of tense, but it makes all the difference in the world. You might remember several years ago, there was a a saying that went all over the Christian world What would Jesus do? It was a wonderful saying, it was a mantra for people who were trying to live their lives differently. But it really meant if Jesus were here, what would he do? But maybe as Easter people, we should change the tense of that and ask, what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus doing in our lives right now? Where is Jesus calling us? Who is Jesus calling us to be? What is Jesus doing and how can we be a part of it? If we let life govern us rather than death govern us, And maybe, just maybe, this kingdom that we so long forgot about a long time ago will come back to life again. You can see people in the world who have not forgotten about that, who are giving of themselves, sacrificing of themselves, not living like their lives are limited, but living like their lives are full to the brim with God's grace. I saw a story of that just a few weeks ago and out of the Ukraine. I was watching TV and watching the horror in the midst of death in the midst of war that we've seen over there the past few days, and I heard this story of a woman named Natalia. She was heading to the border trying to evacuate like so many people have done, trying to get out of that war-torn country to save her own life. And while she was there standing in line trying to get through a checkpoint, she saw a father with three little children, and there were tears in their eyes. They were crying because the father was not allowed to leave. The rules stated, the law stated, that he had to stay and defend his country, and because of that, his children were going to have to stay with him. Their mother had already evacuated. She was already across the border, and all he wanted to do was to get his children from death to life across that border, from war to peace to a a place of prosperity, to a place of hope, to a new life and new possibility. This woman, Natalia, this stranger, complete stranger to these children, looked this man in the eye and said, I'll take them. I'll take them with me. You don't know me and I don't know you, but those children will be my children. And I'll get them to safety. He put a, a cell phone number in her hand. He kissed his children goodbye, not knowing if he would ever see them again. And she took them slowly but surely into Hungary to a place where they had a chance at life. And then a few days later, that man got a phone call. It was from the children's mother. said, I found them, and they are alive. Now you might think, well, if I was there, I'd probably do something like that too. If I was facing that kind of death, I'd want to save people too. Well, look around you. There are people hurting around us every single day. There are people hungry. There are people fighting. There are people in poverty. There are people who need jobs. There are people in need. And we can look at all of those things and look at our resources and say, well, those are finite things. Those are wasting away. Those things that are, those things that is, are becoming was. Or we can look for the living. We can say that Jesus Christ has turned is back into life, has turned was into is, and made new life possible. That our greatest calling in life is not to conquer our neighbor, but to love our neighbor because the things we need most in life will never end. God's steadfast love that endures forever. You may have come here this morning kind of like Mary looking for the dead. Standing amongst the tombs, wondering if life is really has meaning and purpose, you may have come here just like Mary, remembering the story of Good Friday, wondering if the world will ever change. But I hope you leave today, just as Mary left, going out into the world and looking for the living. Looking for the living Christ living and moving and acting in the world. Looking for the living Christ who is calling you to build that kingdom. That kingdom that God has been telling us about for generations. We believe as Easter people that was becomes is every single day. That's what we mean when we say Christ is risen. We mean that Christ was... Christ is, Christ always will be. To the glory of God. Amen.